Well, another loss. The Golden State Warriors have now matched their entire loss total from a year ago when they went 33-8 and eight at Chase Center. They're now 9-8 and eight at Chase Center on the year. The Warriors fall to three games below 500. It's not looking good, folks. Um, I'm going to play some sound for you from Steve Kerr. I apologize. They're, they're two games below 500. But I'm going to play some sound from Steve Kerr where he was asked, uh, what is going wrong with this team? And his answer is uh, certainly not what I was hoping to hear. Brandon Pajemski had an interesting answer. I'm going to play some sound from him in just a moment. What's been bugging me for a very long time. What was different about the 2022 Golden State Warriors that has not been replicated since? That wasn't followed in terms of a philosophy before that in 2020, 2021? What was different? If The clarity finally hit me and the answer should have been obvious, but uh, I'll reveal that later in the show as well because this team has talent, folks, but ineptness? At the coaching level, the wrong players getting the wrong minutes. It could be as simple as that. Maybe there's not enough talent. We'll try to break it all down next. Dub Nation, I'm with you. This hurts. And for the final show of the year, not the way we wanted to go out, but here we are. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Hope you folks are winning money out there. If you're playing the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, good as cash, with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on. To get started, you can follow me, Cyrus Sauces, on threads at Dog Wild, coming to you live from the Locked On Podcast Studios in Guerneville, West Sonoma County, California, following the Golden State Warriors losing a disappointing 132 122 game at home to the Dallas Mavericks. They're now 15 and 17 on the year. If the playoffs started today, they would be completely out. Of the running, they would not even be a play-in team. They're behind the Houston Rockets, folks. It's all looking good. And before we get to all the details of what went right, there's, there's, I'll say this. Something at the end of the game was very encouraging. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment because it could be a glimpse of hope because if Steve Kerr starts doing what he did at the end of tonight's game – on a more consistent basis, there's still time to turn things around. There's 50 games remaining in the regular season. Okay. The Warriors are 15 and 17 right now as we close out 2023. Happy early New Year's, everyone, by the way. There's 50, 
55. That's a lot of games still to play. There's still a lot of time remaining. That's some good news right there. But nothing's been trending toward things, you know, heading in the right direction so far, except for what I saw at the end of tonight's game. And I'm, I'm going to get into that in just a moment. First, though, again, Steve Kerr in his postgame press conference, and bless you, Anthony Slater, for being one of the only individuals who asks the questions that I feel like in most other markets wouldn't even be considered difficult questions. But here in the Bay Area, where most of the media members uh, subscribe to what I call group think, where they all follow the same storylines, the same narratives, they all want to make Steve Kerr happy. Well, Anthony Slater is a bit of an independent journalist, so kudos to you. And uh, he's the one who I believe who was uh, asking these questions of Steve Kerr. And let's hear what Steve Kerr had to say when he was asked why the Warriors are struggling. What is going on with this team that is wrong? Let's hear what Steve Kerr has to say. Do you feel like right now you have a group of guys, a, a group of five guys that you could throw out? My apologies. Uh, that was that's Zena Kata. So thank you to Zena Kata for uh, for asking that question. I have to give credit where credit is due. Let's start again. Do you feel like right now you have a group of guys, a, a group of five guys that you could throw out there and just feel really, really confident in them? And well, I think uh, I, first of all, I love the guys on this team. You know, um, we have a, a really good group. Um, I, I think um, they have a good uh, chemistry. Um, they get along well, but. Uh, you know, we haven't we haven't found um, that uh, that grit that every team needs, every good team needs, um, where you pull together and you just um, you just play for the group. Um, we're not there yet. And, and that's a problem. You know, we um, like I said, I, I, we got great guys, love every one of them. But until this team really connects in a in a way that is solely dedicated to winning each and every game um then then we're going to be stuck in this in this place so we need we need to get there do you feel like right now uh -oh. you well th so there was a follow-up question to that that i think anthony slater asked and um that's the part i was hoping that would be played in that clip i apologize uh you know in fact i think anthony slater posted that attribution on his own twitter account um, and let's see real fast if we can get the whole soundbite. Uh, and I do actually have it right here. Um, I apologize for that. Sometimes when you're doing a live show, you got to make decisions very fast. And uh, let's listen to um, the extended version of that because there was a lot more to it. And especially in the second part, that's the part I wanted to listen to. I will skip ahead if it starts at the same place. Well, I think, uh, I, first of all, I love the guys on this team. You know, um, we Feel it. All right, here we go. So uh, here's the follow-up. Where do you think that shows, like, that lack of grit? I mean, because it's kind of an intangible, but where do you think that manifests? It, you can just feel it. You can feel it. It's, it. It is intangible, so it's not. It's it's difficult to describe, but you can feel when a team is uh, con connected, competing together, everybody's energy is right. Um, the, the difficult thing in the NBA, and I, this is, you know, one of the things I think about all the time as a coach, every guy in that locker room has a unique set of circumstances and every one of them is under tremendous pressure, um, you know, to, to perform, you know, if you're Steph Curry, you, you're under pressure to, to remain one of the great players in the world. If you're 
Um, you know, Usman Garuba, you're trying to make it in this league as a two-way guy and elevate your, yourself and your career. And I could go down the list. Every single guy has a story. And, and I think about that all the time. Um, and I care about each and every guy, and I want him to succeed. But I care most about the team winning. And, you know, the, the irony is that um, things always work out best for each individual player when they just lose themselves in the game and, and the team and um, commit to, to the quest, to the cause. And um, all the great teams do that. They get there. Um, you know, we're, we're not there. I mean, simple to, I guess, ask, like, do you just feel like individual agendas are – you know, a problem right now. I'm, all I said was we we're, we're not competing through the, the tough parts of the game. And there's an intangible, there's a feeling, there's a vibe where you fight, where everybody's energy is right. Uh, and, and we don't have that right now. Yeah, and very nondescript. Uh, I mean, when you're using words like vibe, like connectivity, uh, grit, I mean, th these are very vague, abstract terms um, I, per I, I get what he's trying to say, but there's a lot of hypocrisy there. There's a certain amount of nonsensical logic there. What, I th what Steve Kerr is basically trying to say there, if, I, if I'm interpreting this correctly, is that he wants everyone to buy in and not put any of their individual wants and desires ahead of the main goal, which is to win. Um, but as I, I'm sure he's aware of, human beings are complex Everyone's different. Um, Clay, you know, he mentioned Stephen Curry and Usman Garuba. Those are two very easy names he threw out. Names he didn't throw out. Moses Moody, who you did not play at all tonight. Immediately after being arguably, and I, I, I think generally people are in agreement on this, Moody was the best player for the Warriors last game. So when you respond with zero minutes for him, I don't understand how you can convince a player like Moses Moody that to buy in, to you know, to make these sacrifices when there is a part of this in terms of your future career, right? Moses Moody, at some point, I'm sure, wants to get a bigger contract. Moses Moody, at, at some point, I'm sure, is in his mind thinking about playing in this game for 15 years, for longevity, for legacy, for making his mark. Every player has that mentality. When Steve Kerr took over this team back in 2014, that idea of, of the buying in, of the, the collective goal and focus being a world championship, it's a lot easier to sell that when every individual understands their role. What has happened, though, in the last 10 years is these what was once very safe roles for these individuals are no longer safe because injuries happen, aging happens, life happens. And you also have some new players who have you, who you have voluntarily brought in. No one forced you to draft Jonathan Kaminga. No one forced you to draft Moses Moody. You could have traded those picks away. You could have continued to settle for role players to surround Stephen Curry with, but you chose not to do that. You chose. And, and when people, anyone who wants to come back and say, well, Steve Kerr is not the GM of this team. He's involved in every one of these draft picks. There was an attribution just this last summer that I brought up last episode where Anthony Edwards shared a story where Steve Kerr told them they never once considered drafting him because of his work ethic. Very revealing because for anyone who still has doubts 
about Steve Kerr's role in the grand scheme of things in terms of his role as a, 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 as a personnel individual, not just as a head coach, he's very involved. There are no big decisions being made without his clearance and approval. That includes draft picks. So times have changed, coach. And that mentality that he had in 2014, where Draymond Green was your starting power forward slash starting center in the death lineup, where Andre Iguodala was set as your sixth man coming off the bench, but he knew he was finishing games. Steph and Clay knew they were getting 30 plus minutes a night and they were the starting backcourt. Everyone had a role and everything was structured and everything as a result was copacetic. But this is where I'm arguing that Kerr is not the right guy moving forward because times have changed. You have new players who not only are deserving of bigger roles, but when you're trying to sit here and force this idea of team first, of championship first. You can't sell that on a young player who's trying to make his mark in this game, on a young player who's trying to develop a, a, you know, a place for themselves in this game, who's trying to actually you know, build a future for themselves. And this, this idea of a lack of grit being the problem with the Golden State Warriors, in theory, I get it, but in practicality, no, it, it, you can't make that work with this current roster. Now, he did something right. Clay Thompson did not finish this game. He should not have. And when we come back, I'm going to share what happened at the end of this game. That was very encouraging, despite the fact that Moses Moody got a DNP. Moses Moody in game 32 of the NBA season got a DNP. That's, that's outrageous. I'll leave it at that. But to me, and I started saying this early last year, I've been hosting this show for three years now, and I've been covering the Warriors as a you know podcast or whatever this role is for about six, because three years before that, I was covering uh, the Warriors with Rick Barry on the Rick Barry Show. been covering this team in general between print, radio, broadcast for 25 years now, almost. Back in 2000, 2000 is when I started working at KNBR. And a lot of that stuff was behind the scenes. Some of it was you know behind the mic. But point is, it, you know, it wasn't until last year where I started criticizing Kerr. Last year was the first time I got the sense, regardless of whether or not he was the right person for the job in 2014, and he was, there's no argument there, he's he's not the right guy now. Because you've got a whole new generation coming up, you've still got your veterans, you've got to, you've got to he doesn't seem to grip, to grasp the concept of development, of, of individual growth for, for these players. Because you do have young players who need to be playing out there. And who are deserving of playing out there. And again, it wasn't until last year. For anyone who thinks I'm some Kerr hater and, and hates a strong word, I don't hate Kerr at all. I think personally he's a fine individual. But as the head coach of the Warriors, you know, the track record speaks for itself. And when you hear answers like that for why the team is struggling, coach, look in the mirror. You know, you're not playing the right guys. Moses Moody should not be getting DNPs in game 32 of the NBA season. It's just, that's just ridiculous. That should not be happening. Uh, we'll have a lot more to discuss in just a moment. I, we got some sound from Brandon Pajemski. The Splash Brothers, we got to talk about them. They struggled mightily tonight. First, though, let's give some love to one of our sponsors, who's the official sports book for the Locked On Podcast Network, and that's FanDuel. How's everyone doing tonight, by the way? I'm sorry for not checking in on the chat. Uncle Chef 30, by the way, writing, he lost, you lost trust in Kerr at the Kings game. 
Yeah, for me, it was last year. Again, if you're an everydayer who's been following the show from the time I stepped in into this role, there were people in year one of me covering this, this team for Locked On Warriors. And, the, and I started covering it the year they won the title. Who they, like, There were people pissed off at Kerr back then because I don't know if you remember Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson getting minutes. There were people agitated, but that team made sense. And I'm going to get into that as well because there is a clear difference between the 2022 Golden State Warriors and all the other teams these last five years. And it's beyond obvious now what that difference is. And it's a shame that the Warriors just abandoned a very successful uh, philosophy and approach to winning. But I'm totally with you. Um, but yeah, we got a lot more to talk about. I don't want to be disrespectful to our sponsor, FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And look, the NFL regular season is wrapping up. The 49ers have a huge game tomorrow at Washington. I am so pumped on, on, on Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, the whole group. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed! When you place a $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose. It's so easy to use. FanDuel is super fun. Every time I travel outside of California, the first thing I'm doing is, is downloading the, the, the FanDuel app. I have friends here in California who are using VPN services so they could play FanDuel. It's so fun. You could do live same-gay parlays. You could find bets in their new Explore tab. You could make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make sure your first bet is a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Oh, we got a disclaimer. I, I have to read this. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Jesus Christ. I did not see that I have to read a disclaimer now. Uh, so you must be 21 and over and present in select states, FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. First online real money wager only $10 first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.com slash I'm sorry at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 800- 327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Wow. I got to figure out what to do with that moving forward because that just took up like five minutes. More in just a moment. <laughs> 
You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Let's hear from Brandon Pajemski, uh, who he was asked this question following the Steve Kerr attribution. And I hope the sound from Anthony Slater uh, came through good, um, or, or the, the, where the audio was 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 high enough. So here's the follow up. This was Brandon Pajemski. Uh, real fast, uh, Pajemski did not start tonight. He was pulled in favor of Chris Paul. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis started in place of Kevon Looney, and the results were mixed at best. The Warriors trailed right from the outset. Uh, but here is Brandon Pajemski talking about the team's issues on and off the court. Steve said off-court chemistry-wise, this team has it. Everyone gets along great, but on-court, you guys haven't found the like the collective grit to just win as a team. Do you feel that when you guys are out there? Um, I feel like you more so you feel it just kind of on the bench, not when you're out there. Um, I think everybody just kind of needs to bring it for everyone else and um, for us as a collective whole. Um, you know, we talked about locker room after. Um, we kind of just got to check our energies and every one of us, uh, when we step foot into the locker room and, um, you know, all of our thoughts, regardless of what's happening, um, cause everybody has their own personal problems going on in life, uh, whatever's going on. We just got to kind of channel that energy and, and focus on winning the game every night. Um, but like he said, off the court, you know, we're the closest friends, um, probably of any team do a lot of stuff together. Um, so it's just on the court trying to find that, that balance of, you know, putting everything for the team. All right, so there's Pajemski, uh, and again, he did. He, you know, he came off the bench. I, my theory, the, the, my my, the way to explain that, I think, is Steve Kerr did something that I love to start the game, and it wasn't uh, uh, taking Pajemski out for Chris Paul, but it was going with the front court of Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis. I love that front court. Um, Pajemski, by the way, tonight in 28 minutes, 13 points. He was five for eight from the field. He was one of the, the the few shooters out there. Him and Chris Paul were really really it in terms of being effective three-point shooters. Pajemski was three of five from beyond the arc. Finished the game again with 13 points, nine rebounds, added four assists, uh, and again, in, in nearly 29 minutes of play. But my guess is the reason why Pajemski was pulled uh, for Chris Paul was because Chris Paul gets it in terms of understanding the value that Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis and these other young players bring to the table. And he involves them. He communicates with them. I feel like Chris Paul does everything that I wish Steve Kerr would do with the youngsters, being empathetic, engaging with them. These are young human beings. You can't treat Kaminga, Trace, Pods. Like, even though Pods seems like just an incredible uh, student of 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 the game. I, I feel like I, I, I'm what I'm trying to say is I don't think Pajemski would uh, do anything wrong in terms of any setting where he's a student. He seems to know exactly what to say. He's a good dude overall. And this is not to slight any other youngsters, but my point is Chris Paul is engaging these young players. He sees the value in terms of what they bring to the table and he's coaching them more than the, the actual coaches are doing. 
So that, I think, is why Chris Paul was starting tonight. Um, again, did not have the greatest of results. Uh, the, the Warriors route scored 34-26 in the opening quarter. Um, I thought Steve Kerr uh, pulled Trace Jackson Davis way too fast in this game. Uh, he just has no patience with the youngsters. Um, if it's not working, like, immediately, it's just a two-second, like, boom, you're done. Um, and, and, yeah, so mixed results there. Kaminga real fast, uh, I thought had a fantastic game, uh, except for the three-point shooting. This is one part of his game he hasn't gotten down yet. He's below 30% on the year. He's hovering at that mark. Mate uh, was one for five from D, but Kaminga has, now has 12 straight games of double-digit scoring. Um, that is literally the definition of consistency, and this is for a player averaging 21 minutes a game. So kudos to Kaminga for doing that. Had another solid outing tonight, 16 points. The rebounding numbers are certainly getting there. He had nine tonight. Uh, and from the field, the shooting was great. He shot 50%, had two trips to the free throw line, was three for four uh, from the free throw line. But one thing that I saw at the end of the game, which I, I feel, look, I know I might be grasping, okay, for, for anything that looks good here, but um, we're going into a new year, right? And, and when you think about the symbolism and the, you know, all the, all the, the meanings that we try to take in with, with the, the end of one year and the beginning of another. I'm trying to be hopeful. And one thing I saw at the end of this game that I absolutely loved was a lineup of Stephen Curry, who, by the way, did struggle tonight, and I'll talk about him in just a minute. Brandon Pajemski, Andrew Wiggins, who had a good game tonight. And Wiggins, by the way, uh, just to, to read his stat line, 28 minutes, it was a good, not great game. He was five for 13 from the field. That's actually not good. One for three from deep. Eh. Uh, did have five rebounds, 14 points. A good, not great game. But this is the Wiggins that of now. This is the Wiggins. that, And it's worth noting, by the way, because I I, I would support trading Andrew Wiggins at, the, at this point. There is a log jam at that wing position, which has been... Uh, intensified with clay thompson's regression where clay is now a three clay thompson is no longer a guard he's now considered a forward and we define that based off his defensive assignments uh he can't guard fast perimeter players anymore it really sucks and so he's created this log jam at the at the wing position and his shooting night tonight just really uh amplifies the the issue there so if if look clay's probably not going to get traded just we got to be realistic here, regardless of whether or not the numbers may justify it. But but look, there's a lot of sen sentimentality that comes with Clay Thompson. He still is a threat offensively, even despite the night he had tonight. You see the gravity he causes, the spacing he creates. Um, but uh, an Andrew Wiggins trade to me makes the most sense. I just but what I what I did see tonight was that lineup of again Curry, Pajemski, Wiggins, Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis. And the Warriors made a run in the fourth quarter when Kerr went to that. Now, why did he wait until the fourth quarter to try that out? I don't know, because Steve Kerr is Steve Kerr. But if he starts going to that consistently, and if he actually spends some time trying to develop that group, and maybe tinkering a little more, maybe instead of Pajemski, maybe you have Clay when he's not having a horrible night. Maybe Trace Jackson Davis is replaced with Draymond Green. 
But I do like the idea, if you're going to keep Wiggins, of having Wiggins and Kaminga together and working out the kinks there. Because those two as a duo, their net rating sucks. So the only way to fix that is reps, is experience. They got to play together. So we'll see what happens with that. But I was encouraged by that a little bit. Um, And we'll see what happens. Chris Paul actually did finish the game. And Chris Paul is going to lead into what the final segment of the show is going to be, which is what the hell happened in 2022, which resulted in the Golden State Warriors winning a title that the team has not been able to replicate last year or this year and that the team couldn't do the year before that. There is a there is a, a very fundamental difference, and I'm going to explain what that is. And, I, and yeah, it's just when it, it, it just sucks that the Warriors, for some reason, will not follow this. And Steve Kerr is a huge reason why. I'm going to explain what I mean in just a moment. After I give some love to our other sponsor for this evening, and that's Prize Picks which is daily fantasy made easy. It's daily fantasy that's super fun. And the premise is super easy, folks. You're betting on individuals. And you're betting on individuals either scoring more than or less than a certain amount, grabbing more than or less than a certain amount of rebounds. You can go across sports. You could make one of your players, Stephen Curry, and maybe say you're gonna he's going to score more than 29 and a half points tonight. And then you could also make your other player, because you got to bet on a minimum of two players, make your other player Brock Purdy. I don't know what his his, uh, his total is for touchdown passes tomorrow. Let's say it's three and a half. And I decide, eh, I think Brock Purdy's going to throw more than three and a half touchdown passes. I think Stephen Curry's going to score more than 29 and a half points. You put those two together, you can uh, a bet up to a maximum of six players together. If you get the six-player parlay uh, nailed, by the way, you can win up to 25 times what you put in. It's a lot of fun. If you follow sports religiously neurotically like i do it's that much better and maybe you can win if you actually study the game as much as i do uh and again if you can always dm me if you ever want pointers and tips on that uh i'm at dog wild on instagram uh, again i play price picks as much as i can when i remember because it is so fun go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nba and use the code locked on nba for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars again pricepicks.com slash locked on nba and use the code Locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. You are Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers, we're going to be back at it. In the new year, this is the final show of 2023. Happy early new year, everyone. Wishing you all success and happiness in 2024. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be back at it on Monday or either Tuesday, possibly a post-game show after the Warriors take on a suddenly damn good Orlando Magic team. That game will be at home. So at the latest, that'll be our, uh, that'll be our first show of 2024. Real fast, i uh, got to mention... The Splash Brothers tonight, who struggled mightily. Uh, if you look at those thumbnails that I create for the show, I, I call them the Brick Brothers tonight. I couldn't think of a better uh, catchy pun or name for them. But Clay Thompson, again, did not finish the game, which is not the norm uh, for Clay. That's a very rare occurrence, actually. It was, it was the second or third time this season that's happened. Um, he played 26 minutes, 24 seconds. He was one for 11 from the field. 
And of those 11 field goal attempts, six of them were threes. His only points in the entire game came from a single three-point shot. He was 0 for 5 from all field goal attempts inside the three-point line. He struggled. And and, and it creates an extra amount of stress on this team as a whole, largely because Clay is no longer that shooting guard who can defend the Kyries of the world back when Kyrie was in his prime. He's no longer the guy that can guard quick players. That's not who he is anymore. And that's a huge negative for this team. Now, kudos to Steve Kerr for not fin- for, for pulling him and not having him finish the game. In hindsight, maybe should have and could have done it sooner. Um, but Clay finishing with three points on just an awful shooting night. And, th- and these kinds of nights are just, they're just a bummer. I don't know how else you can spend that. Um, Stephen Curry was not, was better. Um, but by his standards, a rough night for him as well. Nine of 25 from the field, uh, six of 15 from beyond the arc. Did finish the game with 25 points, but he was struggling. The first quarter, uh, especially, he was trying to force things. Uh, y- you saw him putting up shots that he had no business putting up, even by his own standards. Um, and granted, he he did pick it up a little bit in the second half. Uh, but just a, a, just an overall nah, game for Stephen Curry tonight, which really sucked because considering how good Luka Doncic was, they needed an A-level type game from Stephen Curry. Um, in the first quarter alone, as I mentioned a moment ago, a, a quarter where he was just forcing things. He was a minus 10 in the net rating. He scored just two points in the opening quarter despite playing in nearly 10 minutes. He was one for seven from the field in the first quarter. He was 0 for four from deep. It was just a bad start to the game. And again, he rebounded, but it was too little too late. Well, this show was rolling, and I decided that the chat was awesome. They were bringing up a lot of fascinating points. I decided to address everyone, and this turned into a two-part show. Been a while since I've done one of these where I just kept going until every topic was exhausted. Figured it was a good way to end 2023. So stay tuned for part two. It continues. We're talking warriors. We're talking the good stuff. We're talking what's going wrong. But it's mostly just everything everyone in the chat for a live show wanted to get off their chest. Anything that was on their mind, we tackled it. Stay tuned for part two of Locked on Warriors.